They may sound nuts, but so do the Wright brothers. Now, here's Flieger and Briggs. That's right. Thank you, Mark LeMay. Here is It's Just Sports, starring Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs right here on 12 Ounce Sports. Just want to take a moment to tell you all about 12 Ounce Sports. Now that the action is officially back on, 12 Ounce Sports is your home for the best live talk shows covering all aspects of the sporting world and live game broadcasts. With Zingo TV adding 12 Ounce Sports to the long list of channels, you can now catch our show and all the others on Zingo TV channel 761. All you got to do is download Zingo TV. Use a promo code 12 ounce. That is 120Z when signing up. It's that simple. Be sure to check us out and all the latest blogs and podcasts as well, all on 12OunceSportsRadio.com. And Rick, I tell you what, it's kind of starting to feel like sports is here. We got baseball, we have the NBA, we have the NHL, we've got injuries in football now. And. PGA golf. I mean, we're already talking about the next major coming up. I want to talk to you about golf before the show's over. Don't let me forget. I certainly won't. I don't mind talking golf at all. So, but most importantly, have we settled the table debate? Have we resolved this? So, well, we're we're working on it. So, for those of you who weren't in the studio before we went on air, we're actually looking to uh, put our big, dumb, ugly mugs on the on Zingo TV, and tasked Rick simply with uh, creating a uh, a studio table, and he apparently doesn't know what a T is, I guess, and so we're going to be sitting in each other's laps. I'm going to post a damn picture. <laughs> it is a T, for uh, God's sake. You can't have a T that's eight feet wide, and then the the long, what do you call it, the hanging down part is a foot wide. That's not a T. It's still a T. It's not proportionate. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> and that's what you missed so far. No, nobody wants to hear from you. So, all right, and, and, this is Flieger and Briggs. You're just Alejandro over there drinking beer and making the sounds go up and down in the wrong proportion. Actually, it was Alejandro that screwed everything up. And admitted that, I did. That's not how he portrayed it to me. Well, he tries to sound like the good guy to you, like. Oh, listen to what I did. I told him he was correct. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this is why we need to get on TV so everybody can see the dance Rick's doing. Okay. Well, don't pull the, up your phone. Nobody no, can see it. No, this is what we're going to do. I am going to read oh. exactly <laughs> how the text messages he's went. quoting you. I, Which I sent him a, after. I sent after. him a picture. It says, is this the proper T-shape? And he'll go... It'll work. I would have made the middle wider and the front narrower, but it will work. Well, that was before I got my vote. It's not going to work. Well, not only that, it was already cut. Like, (laughs) what am I going to say? What's the? the, All right, he's got you there. You could have said you have another piece of wood. But you didn't. It'll work. No, I was raised to respect my elders. I kept my mouth shut, and I was like, it'll work. (laughs) So how are we going to resolve this? Liquid nails, I've heard, right? <laughs> we're Liquid gonna... nails, you know, splicing of somehow. Because we're going to cover it anyway. But not welding, with... we've discovered. No, not That's real not welding. Work. We're going to cover it anyway with some sort of soundproofing material. So the seam really won't matter. We'll have a nice cover. Everything will be just wonderful. And it'll be the right dimensions this time. The legs were nice. You showed me a picture of the legs. The I legs was happy were with le- that. Aren't the legs nice? They are fantastic. Great. So there we go. So I didn't screw them up. So why don't are you, you just... going to come over and draw a blueprint for me or what? Uh, sure. See? You see? <laughs> why don't Actually, you just... I think I did that last week. <laughs> I don't think you did. I think I have them here. Oh. <laughs> so you hid them from me so I would screw up. That's I think you guys it, poke the bear too I'm much. I'm poking the bear. I'm, <laughs> see, what happens, what people don't know, and what I've just discovered, while I'm out, I, I believe it or not, is as great as we are at this, we have, or at least I have day jobs as well. So I come slogging you know, home. Let me cover, finish the damn thing. Let me talk. <laughs> 
I come slogging home after yeah, a long slog, day, after right. a long day's labor to find out these two chuckleheads on the government dime, mind you, I won't tell you which government, have been in a bar for an hour and a half before I show up in the studio and all this nonsense happens. I get bombarded with it when I come in the door and somehow I end up being the a-hole to both of them. Now, now I think we covered how hard... <laughs> Then, we're then losing we, them already. We Five minutes kill in. each other. I mean, we're killing ourselves at work, oh, right, Christian? Job. Absolutely. Alejandro. I mean, see, so you're already at number two to one. Well, by two drunks, <laughs> so how much how much stock do you put in that? I, I, I don't know where you're coming from. No, you wouldn't. You I mean, wouldn't. you sit there, drink Pepsi, and suck in that magic crack pipe, and, and think people think that you're sane. And yet, look at this radio gold i put out every day I, i'm the glue holding this operation together liquid nails yeah the liquid nails <laughs> the holding weld. this operation together while wow, i got drunken drunker over here slobbering all over themselves so, it's a wonder we get anything done if the table doesn't work i think we should try welding it <laughs> what could it hurt well, I, I works will, on cars. You will certainly good enough for your welcome cars. to come good over to the garage and weld that wood together. <laughs> I'd love to. I've never welded. You never you welded? welded? Is it fun? It looks fun. Oh yeah, I used to. I used to be a certified welder. It was. It's. Oh, you were like a bridge builder or yeah, something, or something cool like that. that. That's actually a cool gig. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but I tell you what, it can be tough. Well, no yeah. doubt. And, and welding, well, especially like, looking back in the context of what you consider work now <laughs> versus what that had to be, it's got to be stunning well, to you. you know, I was young then. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't mind walking down the girders over a span See, of... I'd be butt skirted. I don't like, uh, I don't like heights. And what really cured me of that is a true story. We actually built spans in the yard of the shop, okay? So... If you were building a bridge, and this one actually we had curved girders with a slope, you know, like it was it was a downhill bridge, right. right? So of course you had to block girders up to the proper height to get the slope and everything. Now bear in mind these are hundred foot, seventy five foot ton girders. Yeah. Okay. So we were up setting up a span. What you would do, you'd set up rows of girders, and then we would have to fit in those cross braces. You know those X's you've seen? Yeah, on the, yeah. Well, that's what we'd have to do and mark them to make sure everything fits. So, you know, the right cross girder or cross bracing would go to the proper girders, the ones that were numbered and so forth, and they we knew that they were fit. Well, anyway, I'm walking across this girder. Now, these girders are probably... 20 foot tall and it was probably on another i don't know 10 foot of block on a slope that's 30 feet <clears throat> yeah for you and i alejandro looked confused <laughs> back hashtag school yeah <laughs> hashtag math class and we use these big scissor hooks to to lower them down on on the blocks with the cranes well i was up on the girder took the scissor hooks off i mean these things are massive and the crane started going up and just as I was standing there, I actually happened to be watching the scissor hook go up. The blocks gave way. No, oh, that's no good. And the girder, they just started going dong, dong like dominoes. <laughs> I jumped and grabbed the scissor hooks. That's the only thing that saved me from like going down into this pile of girders that were going down like it's dominoes. Like some stuff right? out of a movie. Uh, yeah. And the guy, he lowered me down. And I was standing there. I was like, wow, that's cool. And all of a sudden, it was just like the shake started. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, damn. This is not nice. <laughs> and I, it, it basically cured me of wanting to be a bridge builder after that. You know, I, I get you're old. <laughs> but in context of, like, you know, Larry King, you're not that old. Well, you no, Larry a, King's 170. You've <laughs> packed a lot of living into your, your many years. I mean, we get we got bridge builder. We've got golf superintendent. Builder, we've yeah. got you know sucking at the government teat. We've got you can't name a city you haven't lived in. You were like a gypsy. Are you, are you allowed to say that still? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Uh, this is this is uh, you know moving 
closer and closer to chaos and disorder. Yeah, pro- so. Proficient hallucinogenic use. I mean, it, I, I have no story idea what you're every- talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, that's off-the-air conversation. I think that's just if ridiculous, anybody. slanderous. Hey, sports. We should talk about sports. Let's talk about something that's not so fun, Rick. Just kind of coming out, news breaking, as we're sitting here in the studio, is the Milwaukee Bucks, and I've seen the Lakers, and I believe most NBA teams have decided to boycott their upcoming games in uh, in response to that shooting in, uh, where it was Kenosha, Wisconsin, I believe, that police shooting, and... I don't want to get into that part of it, right? What 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 do you say about that? I I don't I, I'm just not even going to get into that. What what I am curious about, I get where the players are coming from, right? I, I grant it, they're flustered. You know, I did watch the video of that shooting with no context, no understanding generally of how the world works. I'll, I'll be honest, it was horrific. It really was. I, I don't know. And like I said, we, you, you guys can get into that at part of it if you want to. I'm not going to. But what I wonder, and truthfully, what are what's anybody gaining by boycotting these games? You know, Fred Van Vliet has been talking about it, and rather eloquently, even, you know, the, the stuff on our jerseys doesn't matter, the T-shirt doesn't matter, the Black Lives Matter on the court doesn't make any difference. I saw somebody from the Bucks. I don't remember. I don't think it was Chris Middleton. I don't remember who it was right after it happened saying, you know, we shouldn't even come down here to play with all this going on. What does any of it in skipping games, What what's it fix? What, what does it resolve? This is what I'm kind of confused by. I'll be honest with you. I really don't know either, Rick. It's, it's we can feel strongly about it as well, but okay, I'm not going to work now. Yeah, exactly. What, What's it? Uh, what does that mean? I, but the thing is, I can only do it for so long because I'm not a multimillionaire. Right. I mean, I, I hate to put that context to it, but that's basically what it is. If they were making thirty-five, forty thousand dollars a year, how many games do you think they'd actually boycott? Well, that's true. I, yeah. I mean, you know, you almost have to put it in that context because, yeah, you can feel strongly about something and voice your opinion and, and do whatever you may, but, you know, just quit going to work? I don't know. I mean, you, you can take it. More power to them, I guess, if you can afford to. Yeah. I mean, I can't. You yeah. can't. I mean, that's just one of those things that kind of strike me as, you know, you, you see this word thrown around a lot in 2020, privileged. You, you know right. what I'm saying? Well, I can't do that. No matter what I wanted to do, I, I, I can't do that. You can't do that. Alejandro can't do it. But they can. Well, I understand so, I mean, he's independently wealthy. Well, and you're taken care of. So, I mean, what's the difference? Um, Belarus money. But, <laughs> yeah, we can't even stay down. serious no. for like five minutes. It, it's terrible. Well, and but seriously, I mean, I, I get it. I'm, I'm like you. I get it. But what does it really prove? I don't know. Well, and that's the thing. Whether you can afford to not work, to not play or not, what change does this affect? Because here's what I found. I, I just heard about this driving into the studio here, heard, heard about this happening. And it's kind of, you know, your first thought is, you know, it makes sense. That was an awful deal. This does need to change. This is you know, not getting on the political side of things. This is a bad deal. And these guys feel strongly about this, and rightly so, and feel like, you know, with the media exposure, with the fame that comes with their job, they have the platform to affect change. But I right. just... What change does this affect? Whether well, whether you make eight dollars an hour and you're at a protest, or you make eight million dollars a year or a week for some of these guys and you're at a protest, I just don't know what it. Because here, when the NBA shuts down for a few days here, which is what's going to happen, right? All these teams are going to kind of get in line. These games are just going to get rescheduled and they're going to play them anyhow. Or maybe it goes so far as they shut it down, everybody leaves the bubble, and this thing's over. Yeah, I don't know. What does it change? Look. It sends shockwaves through the sports world, right? 
through the NBA. It affects a lot of people's bottom line, which is usually how you affect change, right? When you cost people millions and millions and millions of dollars. All of that's going to happen, but I don't think you're affecting the people who are necessarily in the position to resolve this. I don't know how the hell you resolve this, first of all, and I don't want to have that conversation here. That has, well, what doesn't have a place here with all the stupid shit we talk about, but well, I know. that has no place here. But just take what you're saying into context. It doesn't matter what side you're on. You could be protesting yeah, cop, whatever. cops getting ambushed. You could be protesting the Black Lives Matter you know, or you know, the change you know, of defunding police, whatever, whatever your stance is, but by just not choosing to go to your vocation. Yeah, what's it do? I, I don't know what that actually now, does. Them choosing that affects a lot more people than you not going. To, you could not go to work for a week and a half before anybody noticed. <laughs> but, you know, the, so it affects. I could be sitting at my desk dead for a week right. and a half. So it affects a lot more people and a lot of bottom lines, which, again, is how you generally affect change these days. However, I, it's not the right people, right? It doesn't accomplish what you want. So. I guess you're looking long-term, then, you know, we don't have sports. This goes on. The average citizen who's a sports fan rises. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm going to leave it at that. I just don't know. You, you go ahead. May I ask a legitimate, serious question? And this is well, really? we can We'll, we'll give yes. it a whirl. Sure. So, First time for everything, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Th- this is proposed to Mr. Briggs. Ah. So, beings that... Poking the bear again. <laughs> This is legitimately no poking. This is so prior to Flieger and I being on this earth, the, there was <laughs> it was a good earth. <laughs> You're old. <laughs> so racism was pretty prevalent in the 50s and 60s yet. I don't know. I wasn't alive. Well, I mean, the 60s I was, but I mean, you know, I was a little kid and there's a lot of riots. I, I mean, it was a nightly thing. Of course, you know, it wasn't all race back then. It was protesting the Vietnam War. Okay. And, I mean, there were so many issues in the 60s that really came to a head and demonstrations and riots. I mean, let, let, yeah, let's not even call them demonstrations. I mean, yeah, riots. I mean, I can remember being a young kid, and you've probably seen the pictures, and I, I can remember seeing it the film on the news of the monk right. that they doused him with gasoline and lit him on fire, and he sat there, you know, and I'm sitting there, you know, the little kid going, wow, man, this is creepy, you know. But So with that being said, with the protests and the demonstrations and everything, <clears throat> it, again, legitimate question, era-wise, what, what did the professional athletes at that time do, whether it be anti- uh, Vietnam War, anti-civil rights. Again, Truthfully, all I remember is the 68 Olympics, I believe it was. And I don't remember both of the, the runner, the track stars. One was John Carlos. I can't remember the wasn't other guy's Jesse name. wasn't Jesse Owens, was it? No. God, Jesse Owens was back in Berlin. That's just her name I remembered. Yeah, well, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they stood on the podium with the black gloves on, with their hands in the air. And was it somebody from Germany or Australia was, like, second or third place and did it with them? No, it was only those two. The The one guy that I can't remember his name, and, I, and I'm ashamed that I can't, he was the gold medal winner. Mm-hmm. John Carlos won the bronze, and the other guy won the silver. He didn't do it. They, they had the black gloves on with their hands, their fist in the air. <clears throat> Truthfully, that's all I really remember. Any type of demonstrations from athletes, period. Now, I do remember Alex Johnson laying down in center field for, like, the California Angels, but it was, like, something to do with free agency. So, I mean, it wasn't. So, my, Tommy Smith and John Carlos. Tommy Smith, yes. If only there was a producer that would look yeah, that up. Yeah, I wish we had one. But the reason why well, I. We just have him poking. Yeah. <laughs> The reason why I asked, like, legitimately, if you, like, going through that and seeing that, if you felt or saw that it had any impact whatsoever. And I I understand, like, that's different generation, different political 
all that stuff. Being like a nine-year-old kid, not really, no. Uh, Truth be told, and I do remember, obviously, Martin Luther King, his assassination, Robert Kennedy, his assassination. That was... That rocked the nation a lot, you know. And But then Tricky Dick Nixon got in office in 68 because Bobby Kennedy basically, you know, was assassinated and there was no competition for him. And, you know, I mean, it was just a slow – it was very slow to change well, the, I think, from what I can remember. And that's kind of my <laughs> thought with this. And, and this is – I don't want to do the, the millennial bit, but – we're, we live in an instant culture now, right? And so I think what happens is, especially these NBA players, any athlete, most people, the protesters, everybody are young people. And right. they're used to every instant gratification, <laughs> social media, yep. instant, inst, everything's instant. And so we do this boycott, right? We do the – great, do it. Stand up, have your voice heard, great. But then something else happens in two weeks. Well, see, it didn't work. It's not working. Well, th- this is a big thing, right? If Assuming the, the term's what? Systemic racism. If that's a thing, if it's systemic, you can't fix it in one day, you know? The, the sports community standing up against it, it doesn't re- – you have to have elections and change and an entire f- f- philosophy change. Like, I don't know what you do. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> it's it's not fun, but I don't even know why I brought it up. But it's just – it's it's a mess, and they're not going to play NBA games tonight or tomorrow it looks like. So let's talk about something more fun. The AP, Rick, has released their top 25 – to include Ohio State at number two, Penn State at seven, Oregon at nine, Wisconsin at 12, yada, yada, yada. Why are we ranking teams that, uh, you know, aren't going to play? Trying to shame them into playing? You think that's what it is? I don't know. I wondered I, about that. Either that or they're just trying to be as honest as they can and say, you know, we still think Ohio State's the second best team going into the, well, probably into the season. Well, yeah, I'm not saying they aren't. Except but they don't exist as a team well, exactly. in this iteration of college football. Right. I, I don't know what the answer is if they're trying to, like I said, shame them into playing. Do they exclude them after week one? Well, that's what I want to know. When do you take them off? Right. Because, say, everybody, you've got Ohio, normally the way these things work. What happens if the number one team gets a loss yeah. in Ohio State? At, they still Penn, have no losses. And Penn State, or they're both 0-0. Oh, no. right. Are they 1-2? Yeah, I, I don't. They They're tr- undefeated by that argument. Yeah, I don't. It just seemed ridiculous, ridiculous to me, and it I is. wondered. And when do they drop off? And you know, because the college football playoff comes out, they announce they're going forward with the plans with with the basically the three conferences is what it boils down to. Those seventy six teams that that are left playing, you know. So that conversation starts, of course, from the Big Ten people and the Pac twelve people. You know, is this even a legitimate champion? Asterix, big asterisk. You chose not to play. Right. You, Don't say anything. Yeah, all you can do is beat who's – and that's why I'm tired of all this asterisk talk. You know, even with baseball, with the shortened season, with the bubbles, with everything going on. Don't tell me about asterisk. All you have to do in any sport, whether it be professional football down to, you know, your beer league softball team, all you have to do in your – mission is to beat the team in front of you right if you do that and in college football if you beat enough of them we don't talk about you know we didn't say Clemson last year well yeah they beat everybody they had to you know but they couldn't mess with that Alabama team of six years ago so they're not a legitimate champion what are you talking about you're not a legitimate champion because you play you didn't play an Ohio State team that oh isn't playing football really this is this is illegitimacy Maybe the path is easier, but I, I don't, I'm tired. I don't want to hear this asterisk talk anymore. I'm, I'm I don't sick either. Of it. It's, it's very similar to, yeah, pick any sport with with a mid-major uh, football team, for example, that didn't get into the Final Four. Right. You know, they can make that argument. We beat everybody that was in front of us. We didn't get a shot at it. Basketball's kind of the same way. You know, I heard the talk when the NCAA tournament was canceled. Well, 
you know, Dayton was robbed. Well, we don't know. Right. Dayton could have got knocked out in the first round. Yeah, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. You're exactly right. But to sit there and say, you know, I mean, you could actually make legitimate arguments for that. But to say, okay, Ohio State and Penn State, they're not playing. So, therefore, the season is basically doesn't count. Yeah, null and void. It's, Since it's we're nothing. not there, it doesn't count. Right. Well, that's and stupid. That, and that, and that's what they're saying. Show right? up. Yeah. Come and play. Or don't. That's fine. Yeah. You know, and, and it'll be a conversation piece for as long as, you know, people our age remember this this will fade over time that oh yeah that year that you know let's assume Clemson wins again that year Clemson won in 2020 or January of 2021 that was a year you know Ohio State had a good team and, and they but the Big Ten didn't even play so what could have been but that doesn't mean Clemson's not the champion what are you talking about right and quit ranking them this is stupid <laughs> this, is, this is just stupid unless it's to shame them for not participating then I support it yeah, and, and it gets right back to rankings to boot, to be honest with you. It, it's it's going to be the same top ten teams about every year. Right. Especially yeah. preseason. It's always Clemson. It's always Alabama, LSU, the Ohio States. Oklahoma will be in there. Oh, yeah. You know, no one's ever a dark horse in the preseason rankings. You never see – pick somebody like a Mississippi State if they happen to have a good team they're never ranked in the top 10 because no writer will gamble his reputation by saying I think these guys are a solid contender well in college football you haven't seen them play yet until after week one there's no preseason there's no there's no nothing but even even after week one two or three they could be three and oh they still won't rank them they'll wait till week 10 and then all of a sudden they're going to be on the bandwagon they ought to be in the sugar bowl right yeah exactly so i mean these rankings to me are a farce anyway yeah i mean ultimately they're meaningless but we spend a lot of time talking about oh yeah we we really do like uh the last six minutes exactly was it only six minutes it felt like an hour yeah wasn't the best how about earl thomas (laughs) what a clown and he basically is just a hated ball player in the locker room. Oh, yeah. I mean, essentially, it was collectively the team said he's out. Get out. <laughs> Get him out. Exactly. I That's mean, not good. You're picking fights in preseason. I mean, I get maybe rookies going at each other, you know, really trying to impress the coach with intensity and everything. But someone like Earl Thomas, really? I don't mind. You don't mind chippiness. A camp fight but is no big deal. He's past that, right? I mean, that, that wasn't chippiness. That's just the hated Earl Thomas, you know, doing it again, right? Well, this tells you, and we, we didn't know this necessarily. Maybe we'd heard rumblings, but to the level until now, how bad he is in the locker room. 99.8 out of 100 times you read a story about an NFL player, veteran star. You hear it less with stars if you ever hear it. Rookie, doesn't matter. Taking a punch, taking a cut at somebody in a training camp practice, you you giggle, you shrug your shoulders, and you move on. The fact that that escalated from a punch to the entire locker room saying, yeah, get him out of here. John Harbaugh, a player's coach, an NFL team who front-loaded a $22 million deal or something that they had to try and get money back for him. All of this coming together with what, the way it was originally reported, we've learned more is one punch and sending him out, Willie. That, That tells you what a tool he must really be. And when you think about it, here's what it is, and he's learning a lesson. Because remember, the minute they cut him, well, he's going to Dallas because he had that old deal. He was right. hanging out in Dallas, and Dallas said, no, I don't want him. And every team's like standing up to say, no, we don't want him. Here, he, Earl Thomas is learning a very important lesson that every pro athlete, and I'm given to understand a lot of pro athletes listen to this show. We are the yeah. choice. We are the radio choice of the professional pro athlete. athletes. Yes. Something very important. Pete Carroll let him run around and do whatever he wants because he was great. You can be a dick when you're 24. When you're 31, they're not going to put up with it anymore, right? right? You're a star jackass at 24 years old. They're going to put up with it. Once you turn 31, <laughs> kick rocks there, pal. <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it's, it's it's really comes down to just that. But you think about, you know, they're trying to get $10 million back from them, and teams don't often win those grievances. How bad it must have been 
for the team to take that on, for a locker room to say get them out, for a players coach like Harbaugh. To th- there's a lot that went into that decision. So I'd love to know what we don't know. Yeah, and you have to rank Jim Harbaugh up there with Pete Carroll as far as players coaches. Or his brother John, who coaches the Ravens. Or That's what I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, not Jim. Yeah, John. Um, yeah, Jim. He's, uh, <laughs> ah, I don't know. The Big Ten ought to be playing. I don't know. But, yeah, John Harbaugh certainly ranks up there with Pete Carroll as, as far as player coaches. No doubt about that. And for that to take place inside that locker room, he must be, like you said, I mean, that's the best description I can think of as a tool. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's got to be that bad. And exactly. Somebody will sign him, I, I have to assume. But there's a lot of teams lining up to say, no, thank you. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be probably a poor team with a porous defense that decides, right. okay, let's let's gamble on this clown. And just say, you'd think, anyway, maybe Pete Carroll take him back with the way he left with two middle fingers in the air and straight yeah, to the but, Cowboys' locker room. But, I mean, you've seen how, you know, that Seattle defense has really retooled itself over the last right. couple of years. This team, to me, you know, I hate to say San Francisco isn't the best team in that division. But I tell you what, Seattle's pretty damn close. Yeah, so you can play some defense and you got Russell Wilson, you're going to contend yeah. for that division. That's and I dare good say that's the best year. division in football. It might be this year. You know, so no real, doubt. Real quick, NFL.com, top eight landing spots for him. Number eight, Atlanta Falcons. Yay or nay? Sure, why not? Nobody right, cares yeah. about the Falcons. Colts. No. I don't think Frank Reich's going to put up with that. I don't that think nonsense. that, no. Houston Texans. No. Yeah, O'Brien, well, yeah, yeah, O'Brien, O'Brien would, would yeah, for yeah, that you're right. nonsense. Yes, you're yeah. right, yes. Chargers. They're pretty good in the secondary as it is. I don't see that. Yeah, fit. their defense is pretty solid. I don't see Lynn putting up with that no. kind of nonsense. He looks like he runs a tight ship. Yeah. But that that's number five. Wow. Num- number four, the Browns. Well, of course. Oh, they'll sign anybody. <laughs> They'd sign, uh, you know, Charles Manson. I, you know, <laughs> they thought he could do something. Well, man. Number three, Niners. No. I could see them doing stick That defense it in. is solid. Yeah, but if you just keep them on the bench and just stick it in Seattle's eye. Yeah, but th- see, the thing is, he's not going to sit on the bench and be a good teammate. Well, you know he's not going to be a good Well, that's the point. And San Francisco is so close. They in the Super Bowl last year. They don't need that cancer hanging around. I could see it happen. I don't I don't see it. I say no. So number two. New England Patriots. Yeah. Oh, sure. They do those reclamation <laughs> projects yeah. all the time. Do you think that could work though? Do you think Well, it either will or it won't, and Belichick doesn't really care. I mean, if if he's he's a tool there, see ya. You know, it all, more often than not, from they the do. personality standpoint, not always from the on the field, mm-hmm. more often than not, it works in New England. I know. People will either buy in or they do a good job. It almost feels like North Korea up there. You, anything coming out of it, you know it isn't true, right? Now, there's a, there's a good point right there coming into New England. Is it Belichick or was it Brady? Well, yeah, we're going to Or was it a combination? Out. I mean, is it going to be just But as... the locker room culture is Belichick. That we know. You, you know yeah. Wins and losses, you know, we're, we're going to find out. But the locker room culture. So they were two. Who's one? Cowboys. Oh, they're still sticking to the Cowboys, yeah. even no. though Jerry said no Yeah, thank Jerry you. said no thanks. But those are the top two, right, where some malcontent gets cut. I Dallas put Cleveland at three. Yeah, but he still has football talent, so Cleveland's going to want nothing to do with him. So <laughs> normally, the a you, know, okay, you look at your you Greg that. Hardys, you look at you know all these malcontent. It's New England or it's Dallas. You know Dallas is kind of the first swing from a talent standpoint, and then New England swoops in at the end if nobody gives them any money and they can get them at a you know veteran minimum type of deal. That's yeah, that's, that's a good point. Dallas is the money landing spot. Right, exactly. New England's like, look, we aren't going to give you money, but. There's a good chance you, you get a ring. Yeah, right. you might get a ring, and you better keep it in line. So let's talk about golf, Rick. Before we oh, do that, all right. You know, I, I want to mention to everybody about my bookie.ag sports are in full swing, and we here at it's just sports. That's Flieger and Briggs. We want to help you take advantage of those sports investments when getting in on the action. Twelve Ounce Sports has officially partnered with mybookie.ag to get you the best deal possible. When you sign up with mybookie.ag, they'll match your first deposit up to a thousand bucks. 
when you punch in the promo code, of course, 12OZ Sports. Get that money. That's 12 ounce sports, 12OZ Sports when signing up on mybookie.ag. Get your deposit matched up to a grand. That's not bad, Rick. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. Now, I could lose both grands, both mine and theirs, in the course of a half an hour, unfortunately. But I'm going to do it. Uh, Well, yeah. Mybookie.ag. Check it out. All right. So I want to talk about the golf, Rick. But I don't want to talk about the golf because there's not much to break down when somebody... You want to talk about that 90-minute round? Is that what you're wanting to talk about? A 90-minute round? Okay, he's not wanting to talk about that. But but now I'm interested. Go ahead. What's the 90-minute round? No, we'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. There's not much to talk about when somebody wins a PGA Tour event by 11 strokes. Right. What I want to talk about is... I remember Johnny Miller doing that routinely. As we talked about in your vagabond days, in your gypsy days, when you were a golf course superintendent, and you worked at courses that hosted PGA events, right? Yes, 10 of them. How are you feeling as people are putting up back-to-back 59 and 60s and scoring minus 30, and the guys in second and third place who are getting lapped scoring minus 19 and 18? How does the tour ever go back to that spot? But generally, I want the mindset of you if that was happening. It just so happens that in one of the years when we hosted our tournament, Noda Begay shot a 59. He didn't win. He shot uh, three other 72s but a 59. But it was like 18 under, I believe, won the tournament. It might have been 19. I can't even remember at the time. It was a long time ago. The next year, I think the winning score was nine under. Right. I, I grew rough. So you reacted. We reacted. This can't happen. We again. did not want – I did get a uh, signed 59 cap off a note of Begay, but, you know, he didn't shoot note 59 next, the next year. It was um, – and I can't even remember who won it the next year. I think it was nine under par was the winning score. And we had rough – U.S. Open-style rough, which I paid for and I swore to the board – that I would never do that again because I mowed rough the rest of this <laughs> year trying to get caught up with that crap. But, no, we did. And and I had greens that were rolling freaking 14 on the stint meter. And what we were doing mean? everything we could to make that golf course tough. I damn near killed it trying to get it that way. And that that's what I swore I would not do that again just out of – basically vain right. pride, right? Well, and that's uh, – I mean, these guys are good. They're going to sh- – if if the conditions are good. And the course wasn't that tough. I mean, we didn't have holes that – I mean, we saw with the, uh, the PGA here a couple of weeks ago. Some of these holes were short or whatever. Right. You hit it in the fairways, they scored. But off, it was very – penalized yeah ours wasn't that bad okay Okay. the only way really you could make it that way is ridiculous rough and and that's what we did that one year but it was just not worth it to do that and unless you really have a ton of budget money to put in lakes trees additional bunkers that kind of thing there's not much you can do with a layout yeah they're destroying it and that's what i'm curious about you know you look normally if if DJ goes minus 30, and then kind of the rest of the in-contention pack is, you know, 12, 11, 10 under, and it's just DJ went off. That's just a cool story, right? DJ just had him a day. But these guys, all of these guys just ate this course alive. And, I mean, I tuned in at one point on Sunday just to see if, you know, how he was scoring. I turned it right back off. It's it's like watching – did your kid ever play the P, the Tiger Woods golf games on his PlayStation or Xbox or whatever he uses? You can go out there and you can shoot thirty six under in these games. That's what this in a round. That's what this thing felt like. And I think the biggest problem, the layout I get, but I've never seen greens so easy. They were routinely making thirty foot putts the entire week. Well, and, and, I that, just, and that's the thing. It's gotten to the point where it is so. These greens are like flawless pool table surfaces. I mean, you watch some of these tournaments, some of these old films, even at the Masters. You go back to like the 60s and into the 70s, they were still on Bermuda greens. 
They hadn't even switched them over to bent grass greens. And you've seen that these putts yeah, are kind of bouncing and everything bouncing like that. Bouncing and wobbling around. Dude. Yeah. But, yeah, when you have conditions that are so flawless, the course has to be extremely demanding. Now, you can see a Dustin Johnson. He, of course, he won by, what, 11? Yeah. But still, 19 under is destroying a golf course. Yeah. If you, you imagine hitting going 19 right. under and getting boat race? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I remember the the 77 British Open at Turnberry. I mean, it, it was world fan. I mean, Tom Watson shot 12 under par at Turnberry for 72 holes. Jack Nicklaus shot 11. They called it the duel in the sun. I mean, it was this one-shot tournament the whole way down for the British Open. Third place was Lee Trevino. Now, remember, they? I said they were 12 under par and 11 under par. Right. Lee Trevino was third. He was even. Yeah, see, that's okay. See, so that's not the course. That's two exactly. guys having them a, a tournament. Right, exactly. But that's not what we had here. No, so, exactly. So do you get, I guess, where, where I was getting, and do you get pressure? So it sounds like you had a course that could be got, too. Do you get pressure from the PGA to make this thing tougher? Is there a legitimate yes. fear? If I, well, This was TPC Boston, right? Is that what yes. they call it? And is there a legitimate concern up there that the PGA is going to say, we're not coming back here? Not so much that, as long as you raise the money. So that it's okay. Yeah, it's not so much that. However, the tour comes in, they send in their agronomist ahead of time. Their what? Their agronomist. What's that? I got nothing. I also have a question when you're done explaining. Okay, that that. I like is, it when you look at him disgustedly, <laughs> and it turns out you're the only a hole that knows what that Agron- dumb word means. Agronomy is like you know study you know turf maintenance, you oh. know. I didn't know it it's had a name. Turf sign, of course, yes. So you're like Rick Briggs, agronomist, bridge builder. Is this radio general layabout? Is this the point I can ask my question? Oh yes, go ahead. The you said raising the money. What it, what do you mean by that? Well, you have to get you have if if you're hosting a tournament, okay. Alejandro Finkelstein wants to have a PGA tournament. He wants to have the Alejandro Finkelstein Open at Rick Fligger Country Club. First prize is a beard comb. You have to. Second prize is a The PGA says we are going to have whatever, a $3 million purse, just throwing a number out. Well, you have to get sponsors within your area to okay. donate money. Also, oh, the I mean, PGA you, doesn't provide the sponsorship. No. You do. Yeah, I didn't so, know that. Of course. That's interesting. So that's you have to raise money. I was wondering, like, especially this year with, you know, no fans there, how the sponsorship money's coming that's in. That's exactly why, you know, everything, sporting events, everything is suffering because gotcha. you do not have revenue coming in, people buying merchandise, people's tickets people buying food beer whatever the case may be so is the purse primarily from the sponsorships like they right the, the course gets the quote-unquote gate then the course gets a set amount if i remember right okay um for hosting the tournament just you know get a set amount of money and you know, that's determined through the tournament directors and the membership and so forth like that. I wasn't involved in that. I I dealt with, you know, coordinating my staff with volunteers, with the Golf Channel, um, with the tour themselves. Now, like I said, the agronomist, the turf guy. You know what an agronomist says? Came in. Get off my lawn. That's what they say. <laughs> exactly. They came in weeks before. And they would give you like a program. We want you to do this, and we're looking for, you know, eleven to twelve on the stimp meter on the greens, and blah 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 blah. Back right? to the stimp meter. Then, what is that? Uh, huh? What How they the measure the speed the of a green? Meter. I know that. You've never seen a stimp meter. Nope. Basically, what it is, it is a metal for, the, for those listening thing about this long. It has like a little V in it. Okay. Okay. And it has like a little notch at the top. And what you do is you put the end of it here. Nobody can see you. Put the end. I'm showing Alejandro. Put the end of it right <laughs> here. That. You just shut up. Drink your Pepsi. <laughs> suck in your magic crack pipe. And you slowly lift the stint meter 
when the ball when you get to a certain incline the ball will come out of that groove roll down the the v-shaped shaft and it goes across the green you try to pick this level spot obviously okay. you measure from the end of that stint meter to where the ball stopped and that's the speed of the green okay all right the more you know Yes. Tell me about this 90-minute round. You intrigued me with that. Now, we're, we're talking agronomy in the PGA Tour. Get off my lawn. Exactly. 90-minute round. while we're talking intelligently. <laughs> intelligently. He just asked you what a stint meter was. You had no idea what you, it was. You, you didn't you know did, what agronomy was. And you, you did on a radio. don't even know what a volunteer is. And on a radio <laughs> and show. And I could probably describe that to you. On a, still r- on a radio say, show. I wouldn't do listen, that because I'm not getting paid th- for it. This is intelligently, and on a radio show, you just did a completely visual demonstration <laughs> for the idiot producer that nobody knows what you're talking about but or I'm, can see what you're doing. But you can tell how I am warming up to our videos. I'm getting in practice for when we are on the screen. If only we had a legitimate uh, console that wasn't so wide on one end and narrow on the other, we'd be there by already. Specifically, the I don't hang, think we would. Down part. The hanging down because part. Because you still can't figure out, you know, the software. Because you I'm say, not the producer. Because you say I'm you're talent. Because you Christ's say sake. you're talent. God, you throw words around <laughs> like you know what they are. I am. <laughs> anyway. Alejandra brought up um, a guy, and I can't even remember the guy's name. Two first names, Wesley Bryan. Yeah, Wesley Bryan played a 90-minute round of golf on the PGA Tour. And the first comment I had was he was obviously playing by himself, which means if you are, you're in last place. And nobody in front of him, so he went off first, right? Bingo. Which means he sucked. Unofficial record, uh, shot two under, 69 in the process. And That's pretty good in an hour yeah. and a half, though. I'll give him that. <laughs> hey, Nathan Hubbard pointed out on Twitter. Tw- on Twitter? Okay. Twitter. Uh, he essentially... Ar- now, ran- is that a tween? If yes. you put it out on Twitter? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, he essentially ran a 13.5-minute mile while shooting a 69. Wow. That's so, impressive. I assume he set out to do this? In no, I, I think he was kind of what Briggs was saying, like, I just I want to get out of here before the cameras turn on. I'm yeah. getting out of here. Yeah, well, he shot yeah. two under. That's pretty good. That's damn good for an hour and a half. I had an hour and a half. How I told, long have we been on the air? I'm exhausted. I told Three and Briggs, and a half hours. God. like the last time I went golfing, I probably spent 90 minutes looking for my ball. Oh, you're that guy. I was uh, that guy. Nobody likes that guy. If I don't find it in the first peak, I'm just dropping one. So you got 13 minutes left and. Flieger wanted to yell about something last week that he didn't get to, and Briggs wanted to bring up Mount Rushmore. Oh, I forgot what I was mad about. Yes, let me yeah, pull this you go up. Right ahead. Hey, millennials, listen up. All right. Because I think this Mount Rushmore thing will bleed into next week because I don't think you really grasp the full ramifications of it. So we'll brief that when we close. Okay? Okay? But the ramifications of Mount Rushmore? Yeah, apparently you're going to get your fingernails ripped out if you answer wrong. Oh, so it's no, a question. No, I don't think. See, that's that was what I was trying to So you're to giving me across. a week to study. I like that. Yeah, Good. Yeah, exactly. Real quick, this won't take a minute. I've had this fit on these airwaves before. So I find a tweet. All right, Rick. Young man's name is uh, Greg Atkinson. I'm calling him out by his full name because I see this from these stupid millennials all the time. What's his Twitter handle? It is uh, at... Or tweener handle. Tweener handle. At Windows Admin. Must be a business account. Oh, so now he's showing his foolishness at, at his business as well. So the, the the question on Twitter, just one of them general sports debate uh, Twitter questions, you know, who is the greatest NFL player to not win a Super Bowl? And everybody starts going back and forth. It basically broke down to Barry Sanders or Dan Marino. Some other names were in there, so be it. We talked about this last week. Rick tries to split hairs and say Jim Brown because they didn't play a Super Bowl back then because every answer to every football question to Rick Briggs is Jim Brown. <laughs> However, in it the could Super- be Dick Buckus. Yeah, in the Super Bowl yeah. era. And so this, this joker throws out Michael Vick. 
Yeah. Which on the surface, fine. You're allowed to have a stupid answer. I don't care. But somebody gives them the bro really, which don't do the bro really. And this guy looks a lot like you in the picture, but we won't get into that right now. He says, see, Mar- now we're talking about video. He pointed yeah. at Ollie Hahn. Yeah. So he says, Marino is bro really. Marino's the only answer. Now, again, Marino isn't the only answer, but no. what he's saying is we're having a debate now, or these two. I'm not involved. I'm just pooping reading this thing. <laughs> All right. So then Mr. Atkinson says, in true millennial fashion, by the time I started paying attention, Marino was on the downslope of his career. But I can see how he could be in serious contention. Listen, a-hole, just because you weren't alive or paying attention when Dan Marino set every NFL passing record known to man doesn't mean this it, it didn't happen, right? We've had right. this before. Well, I didn't see it, so I don't I don't consider anything before I started. What? Just shut up. Michael Vick Shut up! Yeah, th- th- that's all I had to say. There's not much more to say. I agree. About it. In anybody that says, yeah, like you said, you can talk about Barry Sanders, you can talk about Dan Marino. There's very few other people that you can even throw in there. You could throw anybody you want in, what? but no, your you, reasoning no, I, can't I, be. Oh, I didn't watch that, so it didn't matter. I know that that's not my point. But to to put Michael Vick well, in yeah. with such. I don't, I don't even know how to put it, or like royalty as a far luminaries. as talent. Yeah, luminaries of talent. Exactly. I mean, it's ludicrous. And that's the problem with tweener. <laughs> it, yeah, when you get it, on the tweener, you yeah, see some stupid Everybody stuff. has an opinion, and they think that they it's gospel, and it's not. So 1999, Dan Marino's last year. Okay. He played um, 11 games. 204 completions out of 369 attempts, 55% completion percentage. He only had 2,448 yards and 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. So that wasn't a full season. The previous year, at 16 games, he had nearly 3,500 yards. Yeah. But and 23 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Okay. The end of his career. Yeah. Right. That would be better than what probably half if not three quarters of starting quarterbacks now yeah but this dick bag didn't see it so it didn't count well marino didn't that's come right. up that year in madden that's right techno so tell me about mount rushmore give me the quiz what we're doing since you didn't pay any attention last week and you didn't Wait, we talked any, about this last you week? didn't put any thought into it oh i forgot to do the the disclaimer before you went on your rant sorry oh yeah we'll get to it next week we're going to we nine minutes left. We can't knock this out in nine no, minutes. No, no, no. I got nothing I else. I want you so to drag think it about out. You, you never have nothing. Um, I want you to think about it, okay? And actually think about you it. You know, the minute we turn these microphones off, I don't think about this show again until 5:45 next. Yeah, but Monday, see, that's 15 or Wednesday. minutes. What day is today? See, that's 15 minutes coming into next week, okay. which is more than we'll have in what eight minutes here. All right, Alejandro, so remind me to think. And a three-minute outro. Exactly. So we can't play the whole thing. So anyway, <laughs> so says you. I think it's going to be you know you you've seen all this stuff. Who's on your Mount Rushmore? Whatever sport it is. Oh, okay. and I got to thinking baseball. You think about how long you go back in baseball and all of the stars. I think it's interesting if the three of us come up with just four. You can only put four on out of all of baseball. Okay. Okay. How many different ones? That's because there's four people on Mount Rushmore. I thought Trump was going to put his head on there. Didn't I read that somewhere? Yeah, but not in baseball. Oh. That's politics. Right. We're talking baseball. But aren't we comparing it to the real Mount Rushmore? Well, there's only four in the real one. But there could be a fifth. But there's not So maybe I get a conditional Donald Trump fifth. No. Not until that happens, okay? All right. When you said baseball, like the way you said it, I pictured James Earl Jones in Field of Dreams. Like, the conviction that you said, baseball. Baseball has been very, very good to me. Very, very good to me. (laughs) Stunt Field of Dreams. (laughs) I know that, Uh, but I like saying that. Now. Is it blasphemous to say I hated that movie? I actually saw it, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. Really? I'll be honest with you. It's kind of slow and schlocky. Yeah, I did not like it. I, I thought it was boring. Slow and I didn't and schlocky like, out of you. And I didn't like Kevin Costner in that alien movie either because all he did was run and hide from the aliens. What I, alien movie? Ah, I forget what the hell the name of it was. It sucked. I can't remember Kevin the name Costner of it. Kevin Costner in an alien movie. S- yeah. Signs. 
Huh? Signs. Signs. I, yeah. Wait, I think shocker. that's what it was. Shocker. I've never seen that one. Are you sure you're not mixing him up with Kevin Bacon? I don't think that was Kevin Costner in Signs. Wasn't it? Oh, no. You're right. It was Mel Gibson. And I and I was, you know, Mel Gibson, always lethal weapon and all that kind of stuff. And in this movie, he was running and hiding from the aliens. It was like, you know, I mean, Mel Gibson by killing these guys, you know? Why would he hide? Just throw water on them. Anyway. Think about it for next week. <laughs> Think of gremlin. four. <laughs> I just got that. Yeah, throw water on. Think of four guys that you would put on your baseball Mount Rushmore. I want to see how many different ones out of possible 12 different ones we actually do out of the three of us. And then we can discuss actually how and why some of these people were eliminated. Oh. You know what I mean? Because there's going to be a lot of people – that we're so, damn good baseball players is not going to make it. I'm going to throw it out there for the Christmas episode. No, no we're not going to ruin it now. We're going to oh, do it for next the, week. For the, for the Christmas episode, we should do it for football. Oh, agreed. Or agreed. the big four sports. We have to pick one from each sport. Ooh, Christmas episode. Well, you're the producer. You have to come up with that theme. Okay, I'm on it. Okay. I'm excited. Well, it's, no, it's the Christmas episode. We'll be playing that Mariah Carey song the whole time. <sighs> I don't think we will. Oh, I think we will. I don't think we will. I've got the button. That's all right. I watched you spend 10 minutes trying to turn the iPad on and another 10 cussing because you couldn't hear yourself only to find out the board hadn't been turned well, you on didn't yet. didn't turn it on. Well, you can't over. turn the board on? Well, because he didn't do it. He's a producer, for God's <laughs> sakes. Hopefully by the Christmas episode, I'll, I'll have more control. Know how to turn the board on, anyhow? <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> yeah, but then you'll unplug it and fool with them. Yeah, yeah hey, it's not working. Yeah, how many times have I, we spent hours doing troubleshooting only to find out something wasn't plugged in? I'd be lying if I said we haven't been through this a time or yeah. two before. And actually, now, I do remember the time when the studio was different. We had that one little connection that was on the floor that oh, ran across, yeah. and we went through everything. God, I don't know how, for how long, a half hour, 45 minutes, and finally we picked this thing up and stuck it together. And boy, everything worked. It was amazing. Oh, Eureka. That's like that time oh, way back in the fantasy football days when we were broadcasting live on Blog Talk Radio. And there was the one show where none of the music came through and the microphones didn't work. And But it, the, luckily the computer was at least picking up our voice. So the show happened, but it was horrible audio. And it turned out it was just that. I for, either No, I hadn't forgotten to turn on the board. I'd forgotten to plug the board into the computer that was sending it to Blog Talk. But fortunately, being quick on our feet and liars like we are, we told our entire audience, because it was storming that night, so You're we right. said, oh, the storms. And uh, people believed somehow only the rest of the show went on, but a lightning strike took out our board, and you could only hear us through the computer audio. So well, and, and know was... as our audience, we're lying to you most of the time, I guess is the point. And, well, yeah, we should. I actually don't have a beard. That's a lie. Yes. That is a lie. So He's, I don't know what, what's this outro thing. He you looks guys like have? Billy Gibbons. Well, it's actually, what day was it? Now I can't remember. Monday, Sunday, or Monday. Sunday. He he passed away. Steve Earle. And I, you've heard of uh, Steve Earle, correct? Uh, Copperhead yes. Road. Can I real quick, real quick? I I do have to do this though. The, the, this is the show. If you wonder how why this show is such a disaster, here is the text I get from Rick on Monday. Right, <laughs> right. on Monday. Get something from Justin Towns Earl for the Puto Wednesday. <laughs> and I say, who's that and what's a Puto? Wait, I don't think you can say Puto. I here. think so. Is that like a Spanish curse word or yeah. something? So bleep oh, that out if you need to. 12 there's, a, there's an N in there. So, but he's then furious with me that I didn't know who Justin Towns Earl was or what puto to put him on. This is my life. This is what I'm dealing with. I got a producer who exists only to get Rick beer, and then I have Rick with all these great ideas, and this is how he communicates them to me. All right, you got got two minutes. I got to know what a puto is. What did you mean by... It was just some autocorrect. I don't know. It was just one of those things. What are you typing that puto becomes the autocorrect? That becomes the default when you write show it changes it to puto <laughs> oh, we're, we're losing them we're losing them oh, yeah. yeah we I only mean, got well, a, instead about a of the o out you know o u it was p u which is what i normally say when i'm around rick and <laughs> <laughs> exactly 
All right, you're down to a minute for whatever you wanted to do here. But anyway, you know, so, I mean, yeah, he passed away. Steve Earle's son, Justin Towns Earl, you know, and. 38 um, years old. Yeah, 38 years old. Drug history. Very talented songwriter. Very talented musician. Alejandro and I listened to him quite often. Rick had no clue who it was, but he would appreciate him, I'm sure. So that's the outro on that positive note. And yeah. with that, check on your friends. Yes. So thanks so much for joining yeah, us. Always this check on your friends because why? He presumably died on Thursday. Very, very uplifting heading out. So, hey, thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll be back next week here on 12 Out Sports Network. Check out everything over there at 12 OZ Sports. Follow your boys on Twitter at Asylum Football. Asylum Fo- or it's just sports123 at gmail.com and asylumfantasysports.com. Until next time, I guess check on your friends and we'll see you. Take care. Why do I try my love? I should never touch this stuff, but it shouldn't make any difference, Lord. As long as I keep up appearing, I'm not going to harm. I need some time. So with that, I pretty much believe that anything that was said.